Welcome to the Soul's Way podcast. This is your host, Emily Ann Brandt. I am a proud First Nations Mohawk author, speaker, and mentor here to meet you at the intersection of personal development and decolonization. I truly believe that when we see ourselves and one another, mind, body, emotion, and most of all, soul and spirit, we can break through systematic, ancestral, and generational ways of being that we came here to disrupt and rise above. We can lean into the ways that heal our spirits. I know we can do this through honest conversations, radical responsibility, and healing together in community. Through my stories and the incredible conversations with some truly amazing guests, my hope is that you leave each episode with a more open heart and that you feel emboldened in your medicine and your voice, knowing your ripple effect matters. Our ripple effect matters. Thank you for being here. Let's dive in. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Soul's Way podcast. We have a very juicy topic today. But before we dive into that, I want to make sure you're aware of the exciting news that the Roundtable Masterclass, my signature two-day workshop, is coming back live this October 24th and 25th, which is a Tuesday and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern each night. Um, It'll go for an hour and a half or so each night. And of course, recordings will be sent out if you cannot make it live. This is the workshop, the space the virtual table to pull up a seat to if you are a coach, a healer, a mentor, a teacher, anyone in the world of improving the lives of others and you want to understand how to be a safer, more welcoming space for a more diverse group of clients. You do not want to miss your opportunity to pull up a seat at this table, whether you're joining us live or on the replay. This is going to be the third time that I've run this masterclass uh, or workshop, whatever we want to call it, that I've run it live. And this is huge. Um, I have always been somebody who's like every single offer I make, I'm like, yeah, this is the one. This is going to be my signature thing. I'm going to run it again and again. I love it so much. And then I that doesn't actually end up happening and I run it and then I move on to something else. But this is the first thing in my life that I've actually, like this will be the third time. The first time was a whole year ago today and even more growth and um, evolution, I guess, has happened since then. So this, this masterclass just keeps getting better and better and juicier and juicier and people are still, like I still get messages about this class almost every single day, definitely every single week, just of how eye-opening it is and how once you see it and hear it all, you can't unsee it and unhear it. And this goes for coaches and people of settler ancestry, right? Like white European folks, but also for folks of the global majority or BIPOC, black, indigenous, and so-called people of color who actually make up the global majority. So this leads me, so make sure you get your tickets um, to the round table. If you've already purchased before, no need to purchase again. You always get access to future live rounds included with, with your tickets, which is just even another reason why these tickets are such a steal. Honestly, these masterclasses are packed with gold. Um, there's a masterclass from yours truly, and then there's a, a panel um, discussion where we have a really beautifully diverse panel, and we get to hear from different perspectives from folks who are in the same industry of coaching and personal development, um, and from all different 
backgrounds and parts of the world and intersections of identity. And then you also get a chance to lean in and ask questions and be courageous. And so be there live if you can, mark your calendars now. But what I wanted to say is that this is open to both white coaches and to people of the global majority. There is a 50% discount if you're in the global majority. You'll see the coupon code when you go to the link. It's right there on the checkout page because we just use the honor system. But everyone is welcome because of this topic that we're about to dive into, which is internalized colonialism or internalized oppression or internalized racism or white supremacy, right? We all have internalized the ideologies that influence oppression and systemic, like systemic oppression or institutional and then interpersonal. We all end up internalizing that. And that's why even us folks of the global majority have to unlearn these colonial ways that we've all been soaking in. We've all been swimming in these same toxic waters for as long as we've been on this earth, right? So it is up to all of us to do this work, but, um, Yes, of course, there is a discount for those of you that are in the global majority who want to participate in this masterclass. So the regular price is $88 um, and the BIPOC or global majority price is $44. So if that's still not accessible for you, just send me a DM on Instagram and we will find a way to get you access. So I don't want anyone to, um, to not be able to attend because of access. That's really important to me. But your ticket helps pay for our amazing guest panelists, um, and it's it's a steal. <laughs> Honestly, you get so much for the $88. It is ridiculous. So I want as many people to take this as possible. So share it with your friends, share it with your colleagues, share it with your mentors, and pull up a seat. Again, get in this room live if you can. It is just, there is nothing like it. People walk away forever changed after the roundtable Masterclass, and I'm a dramatic. I'm a dramatic person, but I don't say that dramatically. It's really true. So I hope to see you there, October 24th and 25th. But let's dive into, and the link for that is in the notes for this episode. You should be able to scroll up or down with your finger and find the link there, or you can always find it on my Instagram. Okay, sorry. Now I'm done. <laughs> so much to say about the roundtable, but this leads me to today's topic, which is internalized colonialism. So something I noticed is since doing this work of teaching folks how to decolonize their business, how to be rooted in a foundation of anti-racism, and how to have conversations around deconstructing white supremacy and colonialism, um, capitalism, and just like the hustle and grind culture that we're in, and the comparison culture, and the toxic individualism, and really showing people how to re-indigenize and return to their their roots and um, unravel from, yeah, these, these ways of being that aren't really supporting any of us anymore, which I believe is why a lot of folks are seeing decline in their business sales, um, over the last couple of years in their coaching businesses, because I think everyone is just tired of these patriarchal colonial ways that we were taught to do business that got brought into this coaching industry. And now we all need to unravel from it. So Anyway, what I noticed is that each time I run the roundtable, at least 50% of the signups are BIPOC. They're people of the global majority. Um, And I've gained so many clients and followers who are people of the global majority because 
there is such a craving, A, there's such a craving for these conversations, right? So that should tell you if you are, you know, of settler ancestry, if you're European Canadian or European American, right? White, white person, this should tell you that like this work is needed, wanted, and your clients want to have the spaces to have these types of conversations. They want this to be acknowledged and it must be acknowledged in when we're talking about personal growth. We can't not talk about identity. And when you talk about identity, you can't not talk about how, um, inner, you know, like levels of privilege or oppression come into play. Like we just can't avoid it. Um, and we're at a point we can't avoid it any longer. Like, like we have been doing in this industry. And I myself, as an Indigenous woman, was doing that. I was upholding white supremacy and colonialism and ignoring very important parts of my identity and of my clients' identities. And so I always like to lead with that and just create that kind of like unshaming, like I've done these things too. And a lot of BIPOC clients come to me and they're like, ooh, I'm doing these things too. And I just want to say before we even dive into this conversation, it is not your fault. It is not your fault. You are doing what you were taught. Like Asha Frost said when I interviewed her on this podcast, um, you know, I only had white mentors to look up to. First, we just had white men in this industry, like the Tony Robbins, Jack Canfield, Napoleon Hill, like Lewis Howes, a Brendan Bruchard, like there's so many white men who started this as an industry. Um, they didn't start the practice of coaching or personal development. That's These are like indigenous practices to have a mentor, to have an elder, right? To have someone you seek guidance from. But the industry has such colonial roots. It is It was literally started by middle to upper class white men helping middle to upper class white men get more rich is what it is. So it became all about material possession and material growth. And it came from this super colonial, toxic individual, capitalistic lens. And that got passed down through all of our books about law of attraction and positive mindset so that you can attract wealth and personal gain. And those things are not bad, but so much of the way that we now do business was informed by that. And our whole worlds, our whole realities, our whole societies are informed by these colonial ways of being. So it is for all of us to unlearn, learn, and relearn, right? So heading to the topic of internalized oppression or internalized colonialism, I want to go over the four eyes of oppression, and I don't know who to credit credit this to. Um, I've learned about this through a couple of teachers, Trudy, Trudy LeBron and um, Juliet C. Abodo both presented these, and I don't know who originally like mapped these out, but anyways, these are the four eyes, or the, you know, like the letter I, the four eyes of oppression and how it shows up. So the first is ideological. This is the overarching idea that one race or group of people is superior to all others. And so it's this ideological oppression or this idea, right? This ideology 
that, oh, because there's different types of humans and we have different religious beliefs and we have different um, skin tones, different ways of being, different ways of being in community and family, um, yeah, different body shapes, there must be a superior race and it must be us, the Europeans, right? So that was an ideology that was formed. And so this ideal this ideology of white supremacy, right? The whites being superior to all others who don't share their same religious beliefs, ways of being, ways of operating, that they are the more dominant one and everyone else is less human. And so this ideology informed colonialism, which is an ongoing process. It's not like a one-time event, like, oh, colonial ha- colonialism happened in this one year and now it's over it's an ongoing process in in which yeah states and people from europe assumed the right based on this ideology to take over the lives and lands and power of people who had literally done them no harm right so the indigenous peoples and then also of course black people with you, you know and using this ideology of superiority to dehumanize black and indigenous folks and anyone who's not white to 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 justify literally like mass genocide slavery and residential schools all of the horrific things that continue to have an impact today and the injustices that continue today because of the second eye of oppression So the second eye of oppression is institutional. So this is where that ideology gets embedded into our governments, right? All of our institutions, our hospitals, our police system, our legal system, our educational institutions, which is why so many of you didn't even learn about residential schools or the real, real history of how our countries were formed in school, right? It's because that that ideology is baked into the curriculum it's everywhere it's in our media it's in our entertainment it's absolutely everywhere and then the third i is interpersonal so then person-to-person interactions are obviously impacted by this ideology which is baked into all of our systems and everything we see everywhere and so this leads to things like tokenism right treating again because of that dehumanization treating people of the global majority like a token and using them to to extract something right so like an example would be having me on your program or on your summit or on your podcast just to fill a token spot and fill an indigenous role to make it look like you're being more diverse and like if I were to say like, oh, I'm not available, thanks so much for being interested in my work, but I'm not available that day. And then you say, well, do you know another indigenous person who could do it? Then I know that it was tokenism because you weren't really seeing me and my work as the individual. You just wanted to fill a spot with an indigenous person to use that and extract from that to look a certain way, right? So that's tokenism. Or things like expecting labor of black and brown and indigenous folks to be cheap or um, free 
And that just that goes back to, again, it being everywhere in our systems, in our society, and of course, the histories that we have with slavery um, and this dehumanization. We have false narratives, we have harmful stereotypes, we have microaggressions, and the list goes on and on. So that's interpersonal. And then the fourth, which is what we're talking about today, is that everyone including the oppressed, not just the oppressors, internalize colonialism and internalize white supremacy, internalize this ideology, right? The first eye of oppression. So it's really a vicious cycle and circle because when you internalize the ideology, you're going to naturally uphold the institutional and the interpersonal um, forms of oppression. So that is really important what I just said. Let me repeat it one more time. When you have internalized the oppression and the white supremacy, you are going to uphold the institutional and the interpersonal oppression. And this is everyone who has not done the work to unlearn and unwind from this ideology, which again has been baked into absolutely everything, our education, our hospitals, our media, everything we see in movies and TV, it's everywhere. So of course, we're going to absorb it and internalize it. So this is why everyone is on a different point in their journey, right? Everyone may not be at the point yet where they are examining this and they are unlearning this. And this includes people of the global majority. This includes BIPOC. There are many, many BIPOC folks who have internalized white supremacy and do everything they can to be in proximity to whiteness because we've been taught that that's what's most safe. That's what's most acceptable. That's what's going to get you hired. That's what's going to allow you to not lose your job, right? To speak white, to look white, to act white. It's just the reality that that's the safer way of operating in our society, right? And that was my reality for Many, many years, I've told my story multiple times of how I've suppressed my indigeneity and leaned into my whiteness and had the massive privilege of being white, presenting and light skinned to be able to do that, which afforded me a lot of safety and a lot of different treatment and scenarios where I know it would have been a totally different experience if I were quote unquote visibly indigenous, right? Or if I had more melanated skin. So you can see how... I want, I want, if you're listening and you're like, ooh, that's me, I've been internalizing this. <sighs> Let's just take a deep breath together, right? I want to take a deep breath. Let's do that together. <sighs> and I just want to offer you so much compassion and grace. Because of course, of course, you are operating within what you've been fed for your whole entire lives and maybe even just what you've had to do to survive, right? So that is 100% valid. But this is why we see people saying things like, well, I see what you're saying about this cultural appropriation, but I have, you know, a Latina friend or a Latinx friend and they don't agree. They think it's fine. Or... I have a black husband or a black friend and they laugh at my jokes when I say those things. They don't care. 
or they tell jokes themselves about this thing and like yeah everyone is at a different point in their journey and everyone is ultimately just doing what they have to do to survive right and to feel safe and that can look different for different people so just because somebody is a person of the global majority right or BIPOC does not mean that they cannot perpetuate colonialism we see it all the time we see it within the police force which is systemically institutionally 100% racist so just because someone is in a black body or an indigenous body does not mean that they're going to be able to change those systems and often what happens was when we fill those diverse roles in those types of settings even in even in boardrooms with CEOs and um, you know mem- yeah members of boards and stakeholders there's often those token positions where they fill them with people in black or brown bodies again to present a certain image or make it look like they're doing this work but those people have internalized colonialism and white supremacy because they've had to or they have to to keep their job and they are they are just another person perpetuating the same agenda but in a you know quote unquote diverse body but it doesn't mean that they are not part of upholding colonialism so it's super important for us to always be aware of that whether you're white or you are in the global majority, always, always, always keep that in mind. And again, I just wanted to unshame that for you. If that's you and you are just now, like you're like, oh my gosh, my mind is blowing wide open and I feel all the emotions because I feel that I've been oppressing my identity or I've been trying to act white or I've been trying to, um, you know, just literally keep myself safe in a society where the fact is that it is safer because our colonized countries were literally built for the comfort of European settlers. Like, it literally is safer um, and sometimes essential to be as close to whiteness as possible and to act in these colonial ways and to adopt these ways of being and hustling and grinding and... um, proving our worth by how much we work and doing everything by ourselves and having all of these big lofty goals um and all the many other ways that colonialism shows up specifically in the world of coaching which is something we talk more about in the roundtable masterclass. there's a lot to get into there with how it shows up right so I think I'm going to leave this there for today. I think that's like what I just said. It can be a lot to digest, especially if this is kind of the first time you're starting to explore this. Okay. And I just wanted to let you know, again, I'm right here on this path with you on my own unlearning and learning journey. Um, And if you want to be in this journey with us and apply it to your business and to your practices of coaching or mentoring, definitely, definitely get your spot for the round table masterclass and come and sit in this room with us October 24th and 25th. Again, the link is in the show notes. That is it for today. I'm sending you so much love, so much peace and so much care. And I will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks again for listening today. It means so much to me. 
If you got any value out of today's episode and you would like to thank me, the best way that you can thank a podcaster is to share, is to subscribe and leave a review. This helps us reach more people as this podcast in this community is still growing. Speaking of community, I would love to have you in my completely free community, Let's Decolonize Coaching on Facebook. Come and join us over there. And also make sure to keep in touch on Instagram at Emily Ann Brandt. Thank you again so much for listening and I'll talk to you in the next episode.